This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton Global Youth Program. A note to our listeners, we will be talking about depression and suicide on today's episode. Hello, and welcome to Future of the Business World, the podcast featuring high school students who are inspired by innovation. I'm Diana Drake with the Wharton Global Youth Program at the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. Each month, I get to have a fascinating conversation with a teen entrepreneur who is creating a product or service that addresses a need in the market, while often also making our world a better place. My guest today is Tom Hugh, a high school student from Ontario, Canada, who studied at Wharton last summer in our Leadership in the Business World program. Tom is building a product that he hopes will transform the current telehealth market and improve the mental health of Generation Z. Tom, welcome to Future of the Business World. Hello, everyone. Hi, hi, Diana. Thank you once again for this invitation and this wonderful opportunity to be here. So my name is Tom Hu. I am currently a senior at Rutgers College on, in Ontario, Canada. I love music. I love sports. And thank you. And I'm looking forward to our conversation today. So am I. So let's get to it. Tell us about your platform, which is called Nicely. When did you begin developing it and why? Nicely is a real-time negative mood indicator based on someone's social media results. So I started developing Nasty in the summer of 2021 through a hackathon back in China. The story with Nasty really began in my freshman year where a good friend of mine attempted to suicide. Despite his stellar academic records and vibrant social life, he was troubled by negative emotions and only expressed those through self-deprecating jokes on social media. And so his calls for help went unanswered. After the attempt, I went to offer him support and sought to understand his situation developed. This is when I realized how social media influenced his circumstances, and I started to question the role of technology in affecting the mental state of young adults. So that is the point where really our product, this idea of Nicely has started to start in my mind, where I wanted to build a product that can help Gen Z to regulate and monitor their social media usage. Again, I see social media as a double-edged sword, where one side, it can help us promote ourselves and help us see a broader perspective of the world. However, on the other side, it can also promote negative emotions. Wow. Well, I'm very sorry that your friend went through that hard experience, but it sounds like it inspired some really interesting problem solving on your end. And I want to get into that a little bit more. Can you talk about how the platform works? You call it a mental health evaluation tool that delivers in-depth analysis of an individual's social media and daily experiences. What does that mean exactly? And where do emotions fit into all of that? So, How we see emotions in the mental health space is that emotion is something that cannot be quantified over time. It is subjective to someone and to and based and can vary based on the context, the space, the current experiences you're going through and perspective, cultural perspective and personal perspective, which you have. So the most powerful point about Nicely is that we can quantify emotion in a way through data analytics and quantify them in a number. So how does our platform work? Back to the question. So how our platform works is that our platform is connected to the API or the application programming interface of social media, of major social media platforms. In this case, which we use Twitter. So after our client have registered, our program will then go on to the API of Twitter and fetch all public information about that client 
And so this will include their public posts, public comments, likes, shares, retweets, etc. After all these information is fetched, we then fed them through our machine learning model. Well, to be more specific, a sentimental analysis model that characterizes each post on a scale of positive to negative. And after that, we'll then map out all the results on the plane. So in the end, what our clients will get is a detailed graph about their emotional fluctuation during the day. And what we hope to achieve with this technology is that we, we hope to use the graph and identify signs of crisis in someone's life. So this really goes back with the definition of, again, depression and mental crises and how we really diagnose depression. For example, with depression is that it's a, it's a long time of accumulation of negative emotions. So through the graph, we hope to find early signs of that accumulation of negative emotions and send them to house professionals so they can help the patient or client in advanced time. So is this data used both by professionals as well as by, say, a student who wants to understand their social media use? Currently, our product is faced towards professionals. So it was more so that a client will agree to a professional for using your data for their analysis. So it's more so like, uh, let's say I'm a professional, I'll be like, <laughs> okay, here's a new advanced product named Nicely. Do you wish to, again, let us analyze your data, which is, again, completely private, completely, it will be all on me, you know, I won't be leaking this information to anyone. However, do you allow me to analyze such data in an exchange for better treatment? So that is really sort of the pitch line that we have or the thinking process that we have in here. So again, based on a mutual agreement between the professional and the client, then the, the professional will start using the data which the client is generating day by day and trying to use that data to decipher character, behavioral characteristics and emotional traits about that individual person to better understand how their emotional work. So how does this person works emotionally? What do they like? What do they dislike? And, you know, based on those data, they can then give suggestions that is more personalized and, and individualized. Fascinating. I mean, it's such a combination of data-driven and data-informed. You know, you think of mental health as being such an emotional crisis, but you're really using the data to solve the problem. That's a very unique approach. I want to talk to you a little bit about leadership in the business world, which is the program that you attended last summer at Wharton. How did it help your entrepreneurial journey? Absolutely. I'll definitely say that my entrepreneurial path before the LBW program was very steady. However, when it comes to LBW program, it just exponentially grows. So this really goes back to my first day. So just for some context, I actually met my co-founder, Ted, in the LBW program in which we were roommates. <laughs> so it was the first night in LBW. And, you know, it's just me and Ted lying in our dorm rooms, and I did not know anything about him. I was trying to do a conversation starter. I was like, so, Ted, what do you like? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I'm into history. I'm into philosophy. I'm also into business. I was like, yeah, business. I'm into it, too. I actually have a current startup named Nicety. And then we got into details about it. And Ted started to showing me all these visions, visions that he have about this business. And I was like wow, Ted, 
you are <laughs> you are your ideas are amazing well in the future time do you mind if we you know go more in depth in our discussion or even think about joining our team and that really is how I recruited my co-founder <laughs> one of the most fascinating stories that I love to tell but really other than finding more members on a team on NLBW, the overall perspectives and constructive criticisms that I have received from my peers, it's just great to see how really a group of passionate entrepreneurs, not even entrepreneurs, a passionate business students have come together with varying perspective ideas and passion and entrepreneurship. So during the time of my time on campus, I'll love to pitch my idea to various different individuals, whether they are my peers, whether they're in a different program, whether they're a professor, a guest speaker. It was really during the time at LBW that it has taught me to be fearless with my entrepreneurial process, really reaching out to anyone I can get to really receive that piece of criticism that's really valuable for an early age startup. Wow. Sounds like it was a, a wonderful experience for you. So mental health can be a real taboo subject. And yet society, especially high school students, have really been struggling emotionally and psychologically. You mentioned your friend. I hope he's doing better. Is he? Mm -hmm. Good. We've got social media, as you said, the pandemic, pressures of school and achievement and so much more. What have you learned about the mental health of your peers and really even yourself through the process of creating your startup? And more importantly, what should the rest of the world understand? As a high school student, I know that the struggle which we have been currently experiencing is real. Whether it's university applications, whether it's your, your high school curriculum, AP program, IB program, your own. In Ontario, we have the OSSD program. The academic pressure and the co-curricular demand for a student in the current age is unimaginable. So because we have such a heavy load on high school students, social media become one of our best outlets to express such emotions. And such is the reason why I wanted to start a venture in the area in the beginning. And as I navigate through the different professionals and different social media sources and done my marketing research and process, really what I have found is that we as the younger generation needs to stand up for ourselves to talk about our own experiences. As someone who is young and as someone who is from the generation, our really advantage is not the professional understanding over mental health or the professional understanding over psychology, which we have. It is more so the understanding of our own experiences as a part of this Generation Z. Again, think about the ways that we can improve our own well-being and how you can support your peers. So I think this, I hear what you're saying is, I mean, beyond the data, which is something that obviously you are studying and analyzing, that it's about conversation, community, definitely. and communication, right? I mean, you are hoping to get your peers talking more about these things that they're struggling with so that they can ideally move beyond them. And of course, Nicely will will help with that because it's it's got the analysis piece, but it sounds like you know, staying quiet is not an option. And in terms of what should the rest of the world know, I'll definitely say be more supportive towards young adults. Do you feel social media is to blame for the mental health issues that your peers are facing? Wow, that's a great question. 
So it is definitely very stereotypical that social media is a place of comparison where our peers compare ourselves to the ones around us, the beauty comparison, or just there's a lot of competing comparisons going on on social media. But me personally, first of all, not addressing it in nice perspective, I'll definitely say that social media can be a place for motivation and positivity. For example, for myself, I can personalize my social media accounts and my social media follows so that it becomes a source of motivation during some of my most dark ages or, or some of my most nervous, anxious times. And when I'm addressing it in a nice decent perspective, I'll definitely say that social media is an outlet for Gen Zs. It's an outlet for their academic pressure. It's an outlet for their personal lives. And it's a place where we love, the Generation Z loves, to talk about and relieve their stress and their personal, again, load in this time of age that is so stressed and pressured. And when, it's, when I'm talking about social media in a sort of like a, in a professional spectrum social media has been a platform where it's seeing sort of having a competing relationship with professionals i say i'm a client i'm a young gen z and go to professional i might not be telling the truth i might i might be telling biased information i might be telling inaccurate information however on our meantime we're being very honest on our social media when we're talking whether we are talking to our friend or it's posting about our day. Some have the habit of journaling their day on their social media. So it might just be a random sentence, but really what you post on social media have a high representation of yourself, of your true self, of who you are. So really that is really the point where we see, okay, nicely, we can use this as something that fuses and powers our model using this source of information to benefit and improve the accuracy of diagnosis. Related to that, do you feel as though Nicely is already making a difference in the world? And have you met or interacted with any of your users? Can you kind of walk us through that experience? Currently, Nicely still at a very early stage of development. So we have not started any clinical trials, but we hope that we will start them in the near future. So just based on our previous marketing research and talking to psychology professionals, professors, or just different, again, just different professionals in general, I'll definitely say that the overall outlook on NICD is very positive. Uh, people think that it's a very innovative process that can help propel the understanding of patients. So during the initiation of NICD, we more so ident identified three main problems, which we see the current methodology with the, or the diagnosing mechanism is lacking. So first of all, is the blind spot, how decisions of care provision are made without crucial data. Uh, second of all, is narrow assessment, how gray zone elapsed between sessions with minimal monitoring. And third of all, is limited follow-up. There are only few ways to identify and help prevent crisis in real time. So really, we saw that there's a lack of the use of data, and we really see that this data is crucial in the diagnosing process. Again, just by seeing someone's social media profile, it doesn't, it really have a lot to unpack. So for example, this is a scenario, for example, let's say I am high school senior, placed on a basketball team, and I constantly tweet about my basketball journey throughout my life. And one day I started tweeting about, oh, today I went to, it was 
the playoff for my basketball, I am so frustrated by myself. I try to go on the court. I try dribbling around. <laughs> I try shooting around. However, for some reason, it, it wasn't, it just wasn't working out. And after that, I got very upset about myself. I feel very frustrated. And my coach put me on the bench uh, for the entirety of the game. Going back home, I still feel very frustrated. I wanted to play good for my team. However, for some reason, that particular day was just not my day. So that would just be a sort of, of a raw context, which our program will be picking up. However, after analysis, and let's say we after this content is being sent to a professional, what they can really decipher from this comment is that really this person really places their team a very high priority. And it really places, again, his personal performance over his personal well-being. So such information can be really beneficial in helping the professional to understand their client in a personal level. You are a for-profit business, which means you fit squarely into the demographic of aspiring to make a profit and an impact. How do you balance those objectives? As someone who is a young entrepreneur, I definitely prioritize the impact over profit. However, I do think profit is still uh, necessary in the process. So how I really think about profit is that I think really with profit, it can give us a very stable structure and help us to improve over time. So one of the reasons why I really I didn't. So I was actually having this debate between a nonprofit and profit during the in, initiation of Nicety, and I chose for profit in the end. However, I do really love nonprofits, but really uh, the reason being is the cost associated with such model. Again, the use of AI and in the industry is very premature, and really a lot of investments, rather as clinical trials or academic studies needs to be needs to be solid to provide a structure for nicety in order to actually launch so again being a for-profit enables us to reinvest in ourselves to make a, a bigger impact in the society which we are in i heard you mention the next three to four years you're a senior what's next for you so currently again just finished the college application process so for college, I'm definitely going to the U.S. And in terms of developing Nicely, we have three directions currently. So first of all, it's really integrating Nicely into the current methodologies which professionals are using. So really started to use Nicely in clinical scenarios and started to see Nicely really flourish in the current uh, market. Second of all, modify our current platform and promote individual use of Nicely. So for some audiences that might not be so confident or that might not want to share the data with someone else, we also are looking to integrate Nicety in a form so individuals can use it to monitor their own emotional well-being. So this is for a more sensitive audience group. And really, we're trying to reach as big of an audience group that we can. And finally, what we're looking forward is to use our current model and current approach to promote psychological studies and promote our, our understanding to our emotional well-being. Again, finding out what are the key words or key activities that might lead to a crisis and overall just promote our understanding as a whole. All right, let's wrap up with our lightning round. Try to answer these questions as quickly as you can. You spent time studying and leadership in the business world, as we discussed. 
How do you define leadership in a sentence or two? So I'll definitely define leadership as gathering a group of like-minded peers working on one initiative that can impact the world. Something about you that would surprise us. I am a jazz musician. I love classical music and jazz, and I play over four instruments. A company where you would like to go behind the scenes to see how it operates. Mm, I'll say SpaceX. You're starting your own business-themed talk show. Who is your first guest and why? I'll definitely say Steve Jobs, but mainly on disruptive technology and how really creating something out of the air and how can he really, again, create something and promote something that does not exist in our world. Thank you so much for joining us on Future of the Business World. Well, thank you so much, Diana. It is a pleasure and honor to be here. And thank you once again for this amazing opportunity. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline in the U.S. is 1-800-273-8255. Discover more opportunities for high school students and educators at globalyouth.wharton.upenn.edu.